Hello friends, Denny Pruto here again with another lesson from the Westminster Shorter Catechism and the Fourth Commandment. In this lesson we're looking at questions and answers 58 and 59. What is required in the Fourth Commandment? The Fourth Commandment requireth the keeping holy to God such set times as, as he hath appointed in his word expressly one whole day and seven to be a holy Sabbath to himself. Which day of the seven hath God appointed to be the weekly Sabbath? From the beginning of the world to the resurrection of Christ, God appointed the seventh day of the week to be the weekly Sabbath, and the first day of the week ever since, to continue to the end of the world, which is the Christian Sabbath. The Sabbath day, one day in seven. One of the first things that we learn from the fourth commandment under the heading of uh, question and answer 58 is that God has placed a certain rhythm in the created order, a rhythm by which we ought to learn to live and in which we ought to learn to be comfortable. Uh, the rhythm is first given to us in uh, the book of Genesis uh, when we look at the first chapter and we see uh, morning and evening, morning and evening. Uh, every day, every 24-hour period is given to us in a particular cycle. Uh, we get up in the morning and we retire in the evening. And that's the rhythm that God has established for us. And then we see there is a weekly rhythm that God has uh, placed in creation. Every seven days there is a Sabbath rest. And you and I are to observe that rhythm that God has been pleased to give us. There are larger rhythms that are given to us in creation. There are the seasons of the year that come along. Uh, summer and fall and winter and spring. And uh, we learn to observe this rhythm that is in uh, the creation. And uh, there's a yearly rhythm that is brought to us. After the four seasons pass, another four seasons comes upon the scene. And so there's a rhythm to life. And you and I uh, need to understand that there is this rhythm to life and live within that rhythm. And when we do so, we will always be more comfortable and we will always find a greater rest before the Lord our God. If you try and break this rhythm by staying up at night and uh, sleeping during the day, you upset that rhythm and uh, you become uncomfortable and your body reacts to that deviation from the rhythm. And so it is also with the Sabbath day. If you do not take off from your labors a day of rest, your body sooner or later will tell the tale and you will be worn down 
by the perpetual labor and the perpetual anxiety that comes with perpetual labor. When I was a pastor in Kansas, uh, one of the elders in our congregation was a farmer, and he had large fields of uh, uh, beans and corn, uh, uh, which he would irrigate. And there were large sprinkler systems that would cover uh, many acres as these circle, circular uh, sprinklers would traverse uh, the acreage in a particular area. Uh, but uh, this particular farmer uh, said to me, you and I are to have a day of rest. And so I give my equipment a day of rest. And no matter what the weather is, I shut down my sprinklers on uh, the Sabbath day to give that equipment a period of rest. And I am quite confident that when I give that equipment a day of rest on a regular basis, that that equipment will service me over a longer period of time. And so it is in our individual lives. When we observe the rhythms of life, uh, you and I will uh, be able to serve the Lord our God over a longer period of time, uh, the Lord willing, and more efficiently. And so it is uh, that we learn these things uh, from the commandment. And the Catechism says that we are to rest uh, every seventh day, and uh, that seventh day is to be a holy Sabbath to God, to Himself, to God Himself. In other words, God has a vested interest in the Sabbath day. In the previous lesson, I pointed out uh, Exodus 31 and verse 13, where God promises to use the Sabbath day as a means to allowing us to know that He is the one who sanctifies us. He is the one who sets us aside for His purposes. One of the best ways that the world sees that you and I are set aside to God's purposes is when we gather on the Sabbath day for worship. And it's a great witness and a great testimony to people in our communities when they drive by our places of worship and see the parking lot packed with cars and they can contemplate that there are many, many people in the uh, building, the church building, that are gathered to worship the Lord on the Sabbath day, the Christian Sabbath. And that brings us, doesn't it, to question answer 59. Which day of the week uh, hath God appointed to be the weekly Sabbath? This is a nagging question, because in the Old Testament, the fourth commandment is very specific about the seventh day. How does it come about that as Christians we worship on the day after the seventh day, or the first day of the week, or we may put it the eighth day? How is it that this comes about? 
Well, we know that it does because in Acts chapter 20 and verse 7, uh, the Bible tells us, Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them. The people of God gathered on the first day of the week to hear the preaching of the word. And of course, this is what we customarily do as Christians when we gather on the first day of the week for worship and we gather in part to hear the preaching of the word of God. And this first day of the week is called the Lord's Day. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. So the Apostle John puts it. He was in the Spirit with God on the first day of the week, which he dutifully calls the Lord's Day. And why? Why does he call it the Lord's Day? Because it is the day upon which the Lord Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And it is the day, therefore, in which we come together to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the first day of the week. But now, uh, you may ask the question, uh, is there any uh, biblical argument for the worship of God on the first day of the week to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Yes, there is. And I call your attention to Leviticus uh, chapter 23 and uh, two different sections. Uh, first of all, I'll simply read uh, verse 3. Six days you shall work, uh, shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwellings. Now, uh, I should read the first couple of verses of Leviticus 23. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, These are the appointed feasts of the Lord that you shall proclaim as holy convocations. They are my appointed feasts. And what is the very first feast and very first holy convocation God calls the people to remember the Sabbath coming together on the Sabbath six days shall work be done but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of holy rest a holy convocation and so the people were enjoined by God to come together on the seventh day. This was the first feast and the first priority of the people to gather for the weekly Sabbath. Leviticus 23 rehearses a number of feasts that God gave to the people of Israel. And one of those feasts was the Feast of First Fruits. Leviticus 23, verse 9 and following. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land 
that I give you and reap its harvest, you shall bring the sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord so that you may be accepted. On the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. There was a feast appointed by God among the people of Israel, the feast of first fruits. And when the first fruits of the harvest was to be brought in, the uh, people would gather a bundle of the rye or barley and they would bring it to the uh, priest and the priest would wave it in memorial before the Lord and they were to do this on the day after the Sabbath, which would have been the first day of the week. The first fruits, the feast of first fruits, was to be celebrated on the first day of the week. Now, this is key because the feast of first fruits looks forward to our Lord Jesus Christ. How so? If you would, uh, in your Bibles, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verses 20 and following, listen to how the Apostle Paul speaks about Jesus Christ and the resurrection. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. In other words, Paul envisions a great resurrection harvest, which is now in the progress of taking place. And the first fruits of the harvest have already been brought in. Jesus Christ, having been raised from the dead, Jesus Christ is the first fruits. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as by a man came death, but by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all shall be made alive. But each in his order, Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Christ is the first fruits of the resurrection harvest. And Christ, having been raised on the first day of the week, is the fulfillment of the Old Testament celebration or feast of first fruits, which was to be celebrated on the first day of the week. And so, the Old Testament in the Feast of First Fruits foreshadows the fact of our celebrating the resurrection as a gathered people on the first day of the week. And this is the scriptural validation for us to come together on the first day of the week. The Lord's Day, as it is called, or the Christian Sabbath, 
to gather for worship. Thanks for listening.